Welcome to Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros. Here you'll learn everything you need to know to be a successful real estate entrepreneur and achieve the financial freedom you've always wanted. There's no BS, no fluff, there's zero guru talk, just real real estate flipping knowledge. Here's your host, Greg Simpson. What's up, everybody? It's Greg. Have an awesome guest on my show, like I always do. Today, I have with me Whitney Nicely. Uh, Whitney is an entrepreneur who went from selling dump trucks to becoming the queen of real estate investing in East Tennessee. Whitney started to chase her passions and fine tune her skills in the real estate market after college. She flipped her first house in 2009. Last year, she flipped six houses while planning her October wedding. Whitney's real estate portfolio has grown from zero, zilch, nada, to 17 residential houses, 19 apartment units, and seven chunks of vacant land across East Tennessee. Whitney is married and is the stepmom to two kids aged 10 and 12. She is passionate about teaching married couples how to build a side business together that helps them plan for retirement and doesn't break them up in the process, which is obviously a huge thing. So Whitney, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Greg. So tell us a little bit more about your story with real estate investing, uh, Whitney, how you got introduced to it and a little bit more about your personal life and your backstory. Well, my, my mom has always been an investor and I, I grew up as an investor's kid. Like I remember going to the mailbox and getting rent money out. I thought everybody had money in the mailbox. I didn't realize that, you know, that's where bills usually go. Uh, so I, I always had mailbox money coming in. And when I got into my twenties though, I turned around, I was like, wait a second, I don't have any mailbox money. Mom, what, 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 what's going on? Why don't I have any mailbox money? And she was like, well, you have to buy something first. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but I was in my twenties and so, you know, like I think most of us in our twenties, my money went everywhere except real estate because that didn't sound very fun. So I, I really had to figure out, you know, on a budget, how I was going to make this mailbox money thing happen. Uh, so I, I'm kind of a trial and error girl. And I also like to think, I used to, I, I don't do this as much anymore, but I, I thought I knew it all, you know, because I was 20 and invincible. And I was actually 26 when I started. And so I just went to an auction. I've seen my parents buy houses at auction. Uh, and I've been to auctions and bought furniture. How much difficult could it be to go to buy real estate at auction? Mm -hmm. So I went and I bought an acre of land. Uh, I had no idea where it was. I hadn't planned on buying anything, but everything was selling for like 500 or a thousand. So I just raised my hand on the next lot and uh, bid it to about $1,200. And the auctioneer called it and said, I won. I didn't know where this was. I didn't know how I was going to get there, I, I just knew that I put $1,200 on a piece of land. And I didn't even have my checkbook with me. I knew that if I was going to figure out how to be a real estate investor, I needed to jump in the pond with both feet. And so I did. Um, that, that one acre, that first acre that I bought, I left that auction. I drove to Decatur, Tennessee, which I thought Decatur was in Georgia. I thought I bought some Georgia property. I bought Tennessee property, though. Uh, I went and found it and took pictures. I was so excited. And it ended up, when I got to closing later that week, something on the paperwork said $69,000. And I was like, hold on, no, I bid $1,200. And they were like, yeah, uh -oh. the person that had it before you had it financed for $69,000. And I was like, what? Uh, and then as I got digging around, everything in the subdivision, it was a failed subdivision during the recession. Everything is sold uh, for $39,000. 
up to 129. And now I was in there. And the, the piece I got, the subdivision is on the river. And so my piece came with a deeded boat slip. And uh, they've got like this horse pasture out by the river. Uh, it's a gated subdivision, underground utilities. The HOA fees are like $300 a year. But in the HOA, it says that everything has to be like a quarter million dollar house and above. Okay. So I'm pretty excited about that one. I'm sitting pretty in it, you know. I think I'm up to like two grand in this investment. And as far as I'm concerned, that was a great learning curve. Heck yeah. So tell us a little bit about your first deal that you ever did. Is that it? Was that it? That was my first deal that I okay. ever did. But that was just the one that really got me hooked. Okay. Uh, after that, I bought another piece of land, and it's the first deal that made me money. So I was at gotcha. another auction. Um, this one was online, and my mom likes to buy in one area of town, so I was just kind of looking around in that area of town. And I found this half-acre piece of industrial land that came up for sale. So I put my bid in. I, I think my max bid on that one was like 1500 bucks, and I won. I bought this half acre piece of industrial land in the city limits of Knoxville for 1500 bucks. And it's just land, trees and grass. So I bought it, we closed on it, no big deal. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with it because when I started, I didn't know what an extra strategy was. I didn't know any formulas. I didn't know how to run comps. Like I didn't know squat. I was just trying. Sure. So I was downtown working on some other real estate stuff and just kind of flirting with the codes inspectors and you know, just seeing what was going on and who was buying what and, you know, what they knew. So they, I, I mentioned something about my lot on Prosser Road, and they got to, you know, typing stuff in, and they're like, oh, my gosh, Whitney, you didn't just buy that lot. Actually, that driveway is yours also. And I was like, what driveway? My neighbor's driveway? He was like, no, that's not your neighbor's driveway. That's your driveway. They've been driving on it for 30 years, but that's your driveway. Oh. So I had the place surveyed, and sure enough, the right side of the driveway was mine and my neighbor is a big fortune 500 company and they just figured it was their driveway. They've been using it for you know 30 years to access the back of their property. So I went and just kind of knocked on their door and said, Hey, you're driving on my land. I want some rent. And they're like, no little real estate girl, that can't be possible. And I said, okay, we'll have it surveyed and you know, call me back and let me know. So they called me back in two weeks and they were like, uh, yes, Miss Nicely, uh, we have had the property surveyed and it looks like we're driving on your driveway and we'd like to rent that from you. <laughs> it was like totally different attitude when they called me back and found out that they were driving on my land. Amazing how that happens, right? Yeah. So said, how much do you want to rent it for? And they said, you know, 250 a month. And I said, well, you know, at this point, I'd already had it for three or four months. And I said, well, you know, first of all, I want you to also, I want it to be triple net. I've done some homework at this point. And I said, I want you to pay my taxes, you to be in charge of the maintenance, and you to pay rent. And they were like, okay, that's fine, because taxes on this piece are like $50 a year. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to make sure that they were going to maintain it. If there was any potholes, I wasn't going to be out there filling up gravel potholes. Like, they're mm -hmm. puppy. Just send me the money. And I said, <clears throat> another thing is, I want you to pay back rent since I've owned it. And this is a Fortune 500 company. We're talking about 250 a month. They were like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know, like they didn't care. Uh, so when I got my first check from them, it was just over 1500 bucks. And so I had my entire investment back and 
and that, I bought that in 2013. So since 2013, I've been getting 250 a month on a driveway that I didn't even <laughs> know I was buying. Um, but the coolest thing is this past February, my brother rented the land also. Um, so now we rent the driveway and the land, and we get $500 a month from the land. So I get $750 a month off a $1,500 investment that I've had for three years. Wow. What, what does your brother do with the land? He has a buddy that needed some outside storage, and it's okay. on industrial, which is the top of the you know totem pole in real estate. And it's got, you know, the restrictions on industrial are, you know, pretty much open so that you can store outside dumpsters. And so this guy just has dumpsters out on our land. Uh, you know, when you flip a house, you need a dumpster to haul off the trash. Right. That's what he does. But when he doesn't have his dumpsters at a flip site, he's got to stick them somewhere. Brilliant. <laughs> so that was the one that I really started making money on. I was like, all right, let's do this bigger. Let's let's do some houses. Let's do some apartments. Let's let let's really get into this. And I was completely addicted. Ha- absolutely. <laughs> so, Wendy, you, you talked about triple net. Can you dive into that a little bit more, what that really, all it goes into being a triple net? In regular English, it means you're going to pay your rent. You're going to pay the property taxes every year. You're going to pay for any kind of maintenance or anything else that you want done to the building. Like, it's basically yours, but I still own it. Mm-hmm. Don't call me if the toilet gets clogged. Don't call me if the roof leaks. Don't call me when the taxes are due. Pay your own insurance. Like, I just want to make money hand over fist here. Yep. And we, you know, you see that a lot more on the commercial side, like industrial park or this, this land, you know, when you're bu- you're renting offices, a lot of them are triple net. So you are responsible for all that stuff. So if the taxes go up, you're on the hook for it. If they're, you know, like you said, if there's a pothole, you're on the hook for that stuff. So it's great. If you're the landlord, it's not so great if you're the tenant. Well, I don't know. I can argue the other side of that. Too, okay. Because as the tenant on my taxes, if I, like I, I rent a place for my my firm, my real estate firm, um, because when I pay taxes and rent and electric, I get to include a hundred percent of that on my expenses. Oh, but good if point. If I owned it, you know, I'd only get to get, I mean, whatever the tax would allow me to get, but definitely not a hundred percent write off every year. So I think it's really good. I think that's why a lot of the bigger companies do ground leases or do triple net leases because they get a hundred percent expense write off on their taxes for that. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. So, uh, I learned something a little bit new out there as well. <laughs> My family has a lot of commercial and industrial property. And I learned a lot by talking to, you know, these guys in suits when I'm just kind of out bebopping around doing my little real estate thing, but they want to rent my nice big commercial buildings. And I learned a lot from them because I don't speak corporate like at all. I speak redneck. And so there was a little bit of a a learning curve there for me. Like I'm just a highly educated redneck. And um, so I I really had to talk to them to where I could understand it. And triple net really does work out for the big guys better than you would initially think. Gotcha. All right. So you can also, when we talk about commercial stuff, you can do, you know, just double net. Most stuff, like if you just go rent an apartment, it's just a single net. You just pay mm-hmm. rent. The landlord takes care of everything else. Uh, double net is when they pay rent and taxes, but not maintenance. Is that right? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Hope so. The landlord's still in charge of maintenance, but that's in the commercial side. Mm-hmm. So you've got 17 rental houses, 19 apartment units. 
and seven chunks of vacant land. Which is your favorite that's producing you the, the most amount of revenue with the least amount of headaches? So on my houses, and I bought two last month, so I'm actually, I'm actually up to 19 and 19. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so with the houses, I do lease options. So I can get into those with no money, no credit. And then I do a sandwich lease option, and I get somebody to give me, you know, 10 or 15 or $40,000 to move into this house. Uh, and then I get a, you know, escalated rent every month. So I make money every month on them. And then if and when they go get their mortgage, I'm going to get another $10,000, dollars $50,000. Um, so lease options, I, I love lease options on my houses. I, I don't hardly put cash out anymore for houses. Mm, I take that back. Two of them I bought last month, I did put cash out. Um, this is a cool story, though. You want to talk about little dinky deals? Mm -hmm. You want to talk about the big ones? I'll talk about it all. Okay, so... I had, my husband lives in Georgia, so I'm spending quite a bit of time in Georgia. We've been married for a year before we really kind of moved in together, and I still don't live here all the time with him. I go back to Tennessee, go home. And so I was in Georgia a lot, and I was just talking to the yard boy, and I was like, hey, you know, I buy houses back up in Knoxville. Do you have any, or do you know anybody here that would like to get rid of some? And he was like, well, I got 13. You want any of these? And I was like, yeah, man, <laughs> that sounds good. So he gave me two addresses. Uh, I went and looked at them. And I was like, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll give you $6,000 a piece, and I'll, I'll start making you monthly payments on it, and I'll pay you off in like three years. How's that sound? And he was like, I mean, this is just free money to him at this point. And he mm -hmm. was like, oh, so like an owner finance deal? And I was like, yeah, it's a lease option, but you kind of owner finance, yeah, maybe. And he was like, okay, that sounds good. So I started advertising. Um, one of the houses because one of them was a lot prettier than the other one. Mm -hmm. um, it, we'll call it the yellow house, but the back of the yellow house had been on fire and it was the pretty one. All right. Mm. So that tells you how ugly these things are. So I advertised it uh, for two or three weeks and the neighbor called and I was advertising it for 15,000 on a lease option. Just a little bitty dinky deal, just something to kind of entertain me during the you know slow months while I'm in Georgia. And um, the neighbor called, and they're like, "All right, we'll give you twelve thousand for the house, uh, and we'll put five thousand down on it, and then we'll pay you off the other seven over two years." I was like, "Okay, sweet." So uh, I met with them. They gave me the five thousand, and we signed the paperwork, and everything's good. Uh, and but I turned around, and I called my seller, the yard boy, and I was like, "Hey, if I was just going to give you cash, how much would you take on that house?" And I've got it with him for 6000 over three years. He was like, you know what, Wait, I'll, I'll take $3,000 for it. And I was like, done. So I used 5000 that they gave me. I gave three of it to him, and I paid off the house. So now I've got the house free and clear, and I basically made $9,000 over two years on it. Damn. I've got no money in it because I used their money. Right. So then I was working on the next house with him, and I called him back, and I was like, all right, hey, if... I didn't make you payments because I had it for 6000 also. I was like, how much would you take in cash? He was like, I'll take 2500 for that one. <laughs> and I was like, done. So I used the other $2,000 that they gave me, plus I came out of pocket for 500 But I got that one free and clear. That's so awesome. I, and these people pay me 300 bucks a month. So after two months, I still had all my money back on two houses. And these are little bitty dicky deals. This is just something kind of fun to entertain myself. Um, <laughs> this isn't like what I teach people how to do because finding a little, you know, crack house is not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> no, it's not. But 
let's let's rewind a little bit. You actually bought houses for <laughs> that little amount of money. Like I bought purses more expensive. <laughs> I mean, wow. So three thousand, so fifty five hundred bucks. You got two houses out of that yeah. deal. That's incredible. Okay. Okay, but the coolest thing is that second house I bought from him, I used it on Facebook. I took a picture of it. It's this ugly house, and I took a picture of it on an ugly day. And so I put it up on Facebook, and I said, hey, I just bought this house. If you know anybody that has an ugly house that they want to get rid of quickly, tell them to call me. Uh, and I put, uh, I did it on a boosted post, because I don't understand Facebook. Um, but it's a boosted post, and I had tons of comments on it, tons of um, messages, and I ended up getting another house nice. um, that's much nicer, two-story, two-bedroom, two-bath, uh, in like a nicer part of town. And I gave $5,500 for that one. Wow. So I got two for $5,500, and then I got another one for $5,500. But still, like, what, eleven grand? I bought three houses. All right. I, I, I'm literally packing up my stuff right now, <laughs> leaving my office and moving <laughs> to your, your town. In Knoxville, like, are you kidding me? It's awesome. It's so awesome, and it was, it was all just because you know everybody wants to talk about your marketing plan and how much are you spending on this. And I was just flapping my lips, you know, out talking to the yard boy. I got two deals. I made some money. I'm gonna make a ton of money, and then I spent fifteen dollars on a boosted post. Like, it is not difficult. Real estate isn't difficult. Finding deals isn't difficult. The hard part is telling your pride to sit down and shut up. And get out there and start talking to people and tell them what you want to do. I freaking love that. I almost said the other F word, but I love that. <laughs> Not foreclosure. That's the bad one. No, that's the really bad one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've done you've done a little bit of fix and flip. So how did you actually find the niche that you're in now with that lease option creative financing type deals? Like how did that come about? So in 2009, I flipped my first house and it was really my, one of my mom's rental houses. Um, she had some tenants that had been in there for a long time, and they apparently never vacuumed it the whole time that they were there. It was disgusting. It was like one of those, like my first one was a very, very eye-opening experience. Um, but I was, you know, with my training wheels, riding along on mom and dad's foot, basically. They, I just really opinionated, and so they let me have some decision-making abilities. Um, but I got hooked on it then. And then uh, mom and dad bought another house. They've almost bought one house a year. Uh, until 2014, and I helped them flip all those. And then in 2014, um, I did my first lease option deal because, well, let's go back a second again. So in 11, my mom bought a house, and it was the first time she bought a house off the MLS. We usually just buy FISBO houses for mm -hmm. sofa owners. I didn't even know that was like a category at the time. <laughs> um, I mean, I, when I started, I was completely clueless. Even though I've grown up as an investor's kid, I was just clueless. So... When mom and I are talking about this deal and she's making offers and I'm helping negotiate even though I don't know what I'm doing, I got to the closing table and I saw I could read the closing documents enough to see how much this agent was getting paid and it was like more than I made in four months on one little deal and I was like, all right, I'm going to real estate school and get my license. So I went and got my license and my whole goal was that if anybody was going to make money off my mom, it was going to be me. Right? Like, I was going to represent her. I was going to be getting those commission checks. Well, then she didn't buy anything off the MLS. And I got bored. And I was like, I got my license so I can represent you and make some money. You're not doing anything. Like, what's going on here? And she was like, I just don't really feel like it. Blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, you know what? Fine. Forget it. I'm going to go list the house. I'm going to go work with buyers. I can figure this out. 
So I tried, and I listed one house and sold it and made $1,200, which was pathetic, especially by the time I split it everywhere it needed to be split. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I tried working with buyers, and the buyers I worked with had been to a boot camp, you know, like one of those mm-hmm. gurus, yep. cattle calls, things. I didn't even know those things were going on at the time. But they told me about it, and I was, you know, thinking, like, how, what do these people know that I don't know? So I joined our local RIA meeting to learn what was going on. And at the RIA meeting, they had a special presentation about lease options. And it was $75. I told the president, Victor Jernigan, who is, like, an amazing investor, agent, just amazing man. He was like, if you go to this lease option thing and don't like it, I'll give you your $75 back. And I was like, all right, but 75 bucks is a pretty big expense for me. Well, 15 minutes into that lease option class, Bruce Barrett was teaching the class, and he was doing lease options out in Oak Ridge, and he mentioned Ron Legrand. Mm-hmm. And when I heard Ron Legrand, and I saw the figures and the stuff that Bruce was talking about and the money he was making and how much time he had invested in it, I was like, holy crap, that beats commissions. And I Googled Ron Legrand and put $3,000 on my credit card 20 minutes into this lease option presentation. Like, I didn't have 75, but I came up with three grand. You know, like, it was one of those, mm-hmm. like, I've got to do this. I'm doing it. We're getting into it. And I went to Ron's, you know, quick start boot camp. Me too. <laughs> two weeks later, I had my first contract on a lease option. Eight weeks later, I was at closing. I made $15,000. Uh, it was a hotel deal, mm-hmm. and you know, fifteen grand in eight weeks. I was like, "Yeah, this lease option thing is going to happen." <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's really hard to do lease options here in Tampa at this time because the market is just so super hyper right now. Because sellers know that they're going to get top dollar for their stuff right now. But when that when that recession hits, ooh boy, that's going to be the only strategy to use. You know, I, I got rid of my most expensive house this February just because mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to, you know, struggle with it. And it was a $200,000 house in Knoxville, which is like a mansion in Knoxville. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, and <laughs> in other parts of the country, that's a shack. But, you know, so that, that's really why I did these little dinky deals is because I just didn't have anything going on. It's so hot. I couldn't find anything that I really wanted to buy because everybody's just so crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, I just tried the, you know, little crack houses, and it was fun, but I, I'm ready to get back into some apartments or some houses or some, you know, bigger, better deals. Uh, for instance, you know, the house that I'm living in, people, when I talk about these options, they're like, yeah, it's great for investments, but I really want my own house. Like, I want a primary house. And the house that, you know, my husband and I are living in, we had a lease option on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a new build, like contractor did the lease option for us on it. Nice. So you can do this on, you know, little dinky deals. You can do this on regular investment deals. You can do this on your own primary house. Definitely. So when you tell us a little bit about a time that you were going through a rough patch in your business and then how did, how did you manage to get out of that rut? Uh, it was actually when I was flipping. So I made that first $15,000 mm-hmm. um, from a lease option from what I learned with Ron. And I had another house under contract that needed to be flipped. So I thought, well, duh, just take this 15000 and put a new kitchen in and make fifty. I mean, that's how they do it on TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you and I both know that's not exactly how it all works out in real life. So I put my fifteen plus another ten into it. 
And then I went on vacation and said, all right, we'll just see how this goes. And I don't know if you've been on vacation while you're trying to sell a flip that all your money is invested in, but it's not exactly a good vacation. No, it's not. Uh, there was multiple moments where I thought I was going to break down and cry, and then there was a couple where I actually did just break down and cry because mm -hmm. this is not a fun place to be. But by the end of the week, and I don't know what happened this week, but I was on an absolute roller coaster. On Friday, before we were due to leave on Saturday, I got a call, and they loved the house. They put an offer in. I'm at the beach, up in you know the kitchen, kind of dripping wet, and writing up a contract at the same time because you know thank God somebody finally wants to buy this house. Uh, and we ended up closing on it, and I got like twenty six, maybe twenty seven thousand at closing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I made what two grand? Yeah. And sweated it out from June until the end of August, and. There just has to be a better way than to put your entire life savings into houses to flip them. So I, I flipped five, six in 2016, um, but a lot of those were not full guts and rehabs because that takes a lot of money and takes a lot of manpower, takes a lot of patience. And I decided what I liked was the lipstick on a pig kind of flip. Yep. So I would go in, you know, maybe we just need new carpet. Maybe we just need new countertops. Maybe we just need, uh, you know, paint in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, so I would go in and I would do a, a $1,200 or $1,500 job. It'd be enough that somebody else would want to come in and, you know, keep flipping it themselves on one of my lease options. So that's, and it took me doing a lot of flips to really realize that I didn't want to be flipping forever. Yep. That's a job, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I tell people all the time that flipping, you know, fixing and flipping houses is a job. It's not it's not even really real estate investing if you really want to be blunt about it because it's 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 not passive. Like people that get into real estate investing that are real real estate investors have passive income coming in because that's that's what investing is all about. You don't go to the stock market and buy stocks and then go work for that company, right? Right. So, fix and flipping is not investing in my opinion. It's it's just it's a it's a whole job on its own. It, it really is, and most people, you know, you watch the shows and they make how much? Ten or twenty thousand? Yeah, right. No, they didn't. And all those parts and uh, labor and all that stuff was donated or you know sponsored or yep. that no way. And then you got to pay taxes on it, and then you got to go do it again. Yep. I got into real estate investing because I wanted mailbox money, not a job. Absolutely. I wanted, you know. I got 19 houses and I get two or three hundred dollars a month on 19 houses. That's pretty good. That's more than you know a lot of people make every month going and sitting at a desk all day every day. And if I get you know ten or fifteen thousand dollars every time somebody moves into this house, you know then I get a vacation bonus. You know, but it's it's not anything that you know I'm not killing seven figures. I'm not you know anything. But I did get myself out of having four jobs at the family company. Mm -hmm. I did figure out how to get on this, you know, lazy landlord lifestyle kind of train. And, you know, if I buy two or three houses this year because it's hot and then I can buy 20 next year because we cooled off, I'll just keep increasing and increasing and increasing. Mm -hmm. But the people that want to get into it and, you know, automatically make 10 or 20,000 a month, let's just be a little bit more realistic and build up to that. You know, and I don't think it's always in flipping. I will tell you though, we uh, I flipped. We have a triplex, and mm -hmm. I flipped it one unit at a time. 
And that was a really good investment because it was pretty easy because it's a, you know, $500, $550 a month kind of thing. And we were able to raise the rent $100 from $450 to $550. And, you know, we were talking earlier on the taxes on that. We get expenses for flipping it and then we get more money and that was worth it. But I also found a good crew at that point. So I didn't have to babysit the whole thing. I could just say, yeah, I want this. And then we just repeated it twice with the others. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So flipping apartments, I could see where it, there is enough bang for your buck there. Yeah, for sure. Let's, let's jump into that a little bit. You said you have 19 apartment units. Are those... Are those structured on these options as well? No. What I did was when I was uh, getting my houses, I I was doing lease options, I, and I would get these big option fees. Well, instead of going to Vegas on my option fees, and instead of reinvesting it in a flip project, I started using it to really pay down my mortgages. So I ended up with a really nice house paid off free and clear because I was using my option fees to pay it off. Okay? okay. So I had like $160,000 and I pulled a HELOC, a home equity line of credit on it and found three apartment complexes that I wanted to buy. And so we used the money in my HELOC to use as down payments on these apartments. Okay. And we bought uh, the triplex for like 90,000. We bought a five unit for like 120 and 11 unit for 225 or something. And we used, you know, whatever we needed down to get a mortgage. We used that out of my HELOC. So I used a house that I had free and clear mm-hmm. to get the money to pay down on getting a regular mortgage on these triplexes or on these, you know, apartment units. And <laughs> that's kind of cool because now I'm still in my apartments with no money out of my pocket. Right. And they bring in lots of money. And I that's the thing they I like do. about it. You know, I bought, I love this triplex because the numbers on it are so easy. So we paid $90,000 for it. And I was buying houses for more than ninety thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. When you buy a house and you got one person living in it, you got one person on the hook to make your payment, right? You got a triplex, you got three people chipping in towards your payment. So if somebody's late, somebody doesn't pay, you have a dead month, you still have two other people that are paying you. And so you can float a little bit longer. You're not SOL. Yep. On a house, somebody doesn't pay, somebody pays late, you're coming out of pocket to make that payment. Bingo. And you know, the same with a five. You got five people chipping in at five hundred bucks and you got an eight hundred dollar a month payment? Come on. Absolutely. I would much rather have three or five and I'm talking little apartment complexes. I would much rather have those because you know, right now my brain doesn't compute spending a million dollars on an apartment complex. But if I can buy apartment complexes for the same thing I'm buying houses for, and I got more people chipping in and I'm making more money than if I bought one house. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> My little Tennessee brain can totally handle it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wendy. So what do you think the most common mistakes newbies make when they get started in this business is? I really think most newbies, they either have sticker shock as to what it's going to cost to go out and actually buy a house, or they have sticker shock on what it's going to cost for a mentor to really help them through the process. Mm-hmm. And then they get stuck in shiny object syndrome 
and they want to know, you know, the latest and greatest. Well, I need to do more of this. I need to do more of that. No, what you need to do is go out and get your feelings hurt and get told no and learn from it and go out and try again and get a maybe and learn from it and go out and try again and get to your yes. Mm -hmm. They get really frustrated. They think, you know, they hear people like you and I talking about getting deals and doing deals and making a bunch of money and they don't. They weren't there to see all the no's and the crying in the kitchen floor nights and the heartbreaks and the bruises and the bumps and, you know, they didn't see all that. They just see the highlight reel. And part of it is because we only put the highlight reel out and part of it is because that's all they want to see. Right. So I think they get lost in a lot of sticker shock and a lot of shiny, shiny object syndrome. Yep, I agree. Analysis paralysis starts setting in on those with those people too. And they just can't pull the trigger because they're so afraid of, I think one of the big things too, is they're always afraid of losing money. Well, you know, my saying uh, I've heard from many people as well is if you haven't lost money in real estate, you haven't been doing it long enough. Yeah. And so you have to be, be willing to lose money. And it's just money. It grows on trees. You can get more for real. Exactly. (laughs) I hate that. People like money doesn't grow on trees. Are you kidding me? I own that land. I see it growing out there right now. Love that. <laughs> it grows on trees if you own the land, so buy as much as you can. Absolutely. And All right. It's a renewable energy, too. It keeps growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. Good point. All right. So, before we get you out of here, a couple more things, Whitney. Uh, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? It really doesn't take any money. Sellers, if you get talking to the right kind of sellers, they don't want any money, they just want rid of their problem. They just want rid of their pain. And I was lucky enough to find a lot of sellers who, um, you know, didn't run me around and run me crazy when I started. They told me what they wanted. And I had a lot of beginner's luck because I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew I could help them. And I knew I'd figure it out as I went. And so I just kept going. Whatever came up, I didn't see it as a deal breaker. I didn't see it as a showstopper. I just saw it as another lesson and we kept going. And I, I helped as many sellers as I could as fast as I could. And, you know, that's, that's what I still want to do. Um, but I think there's just other people that can help these sellers better than I can right now. So I'm just kind of hanging out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, you know, and I'm a, I'm a big wholesaler guy. So, you know, um, you know, people get all caught up in this. I can't do this business, you know, with, without having some money, that's total garbage. Like you can oh, do so God. many different things in this business with no money out of your pocket. And I mean, money is all around you too, because if you're out in the business enough and you're talking to enough people, you will find money. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my students made a Facebook post and within a week, two different people had called her. One person offered her $100,000 and another one offered her $50,000. Wow. She didn't need any money. She made a Facebook post, which is free. Yep. And she got $150,000 to use in real estate. What did her message look like? Well, that's a secret sauce. No, I don't actually know which one she put up. I've got like 19 different Facebook posts gotcha. to use. Cool. Uh, and I don't even know which one she used. Gotcha. Um, but it was something along the lines of, you know, we're, we're buying houses, and if you got some money you're not making the return you want, call me. Bingo. That's good. All right. So, Whitney, you talked a little bit about your coaching program. Tell us a little bit about your coaching so I've, I've got a group program, but it's shut down right now, and I'm really doing one-on-one because 
I think people need the one-on-one, and so that's what I'm focusing on right now. Um, I also do workshops and all around the country, so you can come and spend a couple days with me. Okay. And I, I tell you what, because you you've got the alliance, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to, we can we can set up some sort of program um, and do a coupon code for the alliance, and probably knock you know ten percent off the program. Awesome. That'd be awesome. So what what we'll do, guys, is in the show notes, if you're listening, uh, we'll put a link to Whitney's, her coaching program website, and you'll use the coupon code Alliance, and you'll be able to get some money off just for listening to the podcast today. Yeah, we're making money. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so last but not least, you said in your you had in your bio that you can teach married couples how to build a side business together. Tell us a little bit about that, and we'll get you on your way. Well, it's really, you know, like everything in a marriage, it's figuring out where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. And my husband, I was six deals into houses before he was finally like, all right, I think you're on to something. (laughs) I did not have the support that I I needed and wanted, especially in my first six deals. Um, But after that, he started paying more attention. And I didn't give him like an ultimatum exactly, but I did tell him at one point that he was either going to like real estate or go away. And so he told me, you know, pretty bluntly that he just didn't really like houses, but he thought he could get into apartments. And so a month later, we were in apartment school and he he loves apartments. He talks about apartments. In fact, in my training, he does a lot of videos for me on apartments and just more on the corporate commercial side of life because I just don't, I don't speak that. Um, so he, he fills in those gaps for me. Perfect. All right, Whitney. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I hope uh, everybody got a lot of good stuff out of it. I know I did. Well, thanks for having me, Greg. This has been fun. Yeah, love it. We'll talk again soon, Whitney. All right, thanks. You've just listened to another Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros podcast. You're another step closer to fulfilling your dreams as a successful real estate entrepreneur. We'd like to thank you for putting your trust in us to be your guide into this exciting venture called real estate investing. For more information, visit our website at www.flippingrealestatelikethepros.com. Catch you on the flip side, Alliance.